Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here we are on the last part of our Daniel series. And this has been a short one. Uh, you, you know, start of the year, we normally do sort of 12 to 14, 15 Sundays. And um, here we are, and this is the eighth part, and it's the end of the series. And I just think there has been so much that's gone on and so many things we've got hold of. It's been very different, I think, from any other series that we've really spoken about because I think it's addressed things of our time, not just in the last two Sundays we did about you know the spirit of the world and overcoming the world and things of the end times, but just about how God wants us to, to be people with an excellent spirit to rise to the top and to excel in every area of life. And, and I just think that is such a word for today. It's such a word when the world wants to put chains around your ankles and keep you down. And, you know, there's all sorts of, uh, of things going on in people's minds and in their emotions and, you know, things to restrict people. But aren't you glad we're unrestricted? Aren't you glad that we are not restricted, we're not held back or in any way squashed down, but God is the lifter of our head. It's just wonderful, wonderful to, to think just like, you know, the man we've been thinking about. At the age of 14, he was 14, 15, 16, he was taken into captivity, into a foreign nation that was anti his nation. He had, to, he had to conform to so many things that were new to him. This is a teenager. And yet he kept on fire for God. He never stopped praying. He never stopped believing and standing. And he shone and because of his excellent spirit, and the Bible says the spirit of the holy God was on the inside of him because of that. The Bible says he was promoted to be the most influential person in the kingdom after the king himself. And that was through successive kings that took the throne. So I just think, you know, God wants to encourage us to be people that shine and be, and be a person that influences our world and to, and to stop being the victim. And saying, yeah, but you don't know how hard it is for me. Yeah, but you don't know how, how tough it is. You don't know the environment that I work in. You don't know the people that I'm surrounded by. Yeah, but I do know that the God who is in you is greater than he, than anything around you in this world. And more are those who are with you than those who are with them. And it's time for the church to be stirred and empowered. And I don't mean aggressive in an angry way, but aggressive to say, no, come on, I'm going to take ground. I'm not going to lose ground. It was amazing hearing some of the, the stories, the accounts behind the scenes Pastor Andy shared with us, and I knew some of them anyway, just about things that he'd been through, things going on in his life and all of us have got the same stories, I'm sure. They may be different in their, in their you know, specifics, but they're the same thing. You know, things we're facing, things we're going through. But there was a time that he reached in his life and he said, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm not going to permit this to continue in this way anymore. Something stirred in his heart and he began to fast and pray and speak, to lay hands and to prophesy into the situation and God brought an amazing deliverance and a turnaround. And I know we've all got testimonies and accounts like this and I want to encourage you to go after your next one, to go for it, to stir that excellent spirit on the inside and to be a world changer. We used to sing a song 20 years ago, 15 years ago, called History Makers. 
And it was a delirious song and we turned it into a praise song. I think it probably was a praise song, but we just played it on Sundays. And it was so stirring. I'm going to be a history maker in this world. You know, and if you think small and if you think little and if you think little old me and poor old me and who do you think you are, then you're never going to amount to anything. But if you allow that to to touch something on the inside that, you know, perhaps I'm not going to be in the history books, but I'm certainly going to be in the book of life. And as a result of being in the book of life, I can make history in my world. Hallelujah. I can make history in my, I'm not just going to be an outcome or, or, and also ran. I'm going to be somebody that makes a difference in my day, in my world. And it's going to bring glory to God. And as a result of my testimony and what God has done in my life, because He has promised this, the work I have begun in you, I will complete it until the day of Christ. I will complete it. You aren't going to reach halfway and and just give up. You're going to hit the finishing line and you're going to go through that red tape and you're going to come out on top. And your life is going to be as an example of the goodness and the glory of God in the land of the living, not just when you die and go to heaven, but in the day that you're living in. So the people that surround your life, I want to read a verse today and it'll come up on the screen now and it's from Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. But the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Daniel 11 32. I don't know where the sure came from but sure, amen. Sure. Surely, for surely, I think it's been prophetic. Whoever made that mistake, awesome, well done. Awesome. This is guaranteed. Those who know their God shall be strong. Why don't we say that? For those, come on, let's say it together. But the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits, sure. I love the Amplified Version, which is another example of the Bible, another translation which sort of amplifies the words, goes further into the meaning. Listen to this. But the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm. Shall stand firm. Look at someone say, you're going to stand firm. You may feel like you want to fall over. Come on, tell them. You may feel like you want to look, you're going to fall over. But you're going to stand firm. You're going to stand firm. The Bible says the kingdom of God is unshakable. Shall stand firm and do exploits for God. I want to do some stuff for God. It's great when he does stuff for me. And he's done so much for me. I mean, in some ways, if he never did anything else for me, I'm happy. Now, he's going to. But if he never did anything else, he saved me. The Bible says he saved me and he's called me with a holy calling. To be like God, to be like Christ. That's the calling. Don't think apostle, prophet, evangelist. But no, the holy calling we have is to be like God in the world today. That's amazing. He saved you. He's, he's anointed you. He's filled you with his spirit. He's given you his grace. He's, he's extended his scepter towards you and declared you to be righteous. 
in relationship with God. We don't have to try through a priest or through somebody else to try to get to God. And, and No, we have direct access to the throne of Almighty God by the blood of Jesus Christ. If he never did anything else for me, I'm eternally grateful. But the good news today is I know that he will never stop doing stuff for me because he is for me and his word is alive and his spirit is in me. So I know that every step of the way, God is gonna show himself strong. But you see, part of being a mature believer is not what God is gonna do for me, but it's what I'm gonna do for God. What I'm gonna do in the kingdom. You see, when you just get saved, it's all about me, 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 me. It's all about me, 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 me. I can remember the night I was baptised, I gave my testimony. I've got it on cassette tape. Got it on cassette tape and it was Sunday night, sometime around the end of October. Got saved, I came to Christ October the 8th, 1984, baptised within a couple of weeks, three, about three weeks, and I gave my testimony. And you know, I went on for about five minutes as I'd normally do and... Um, that would be a miracle today, wouldn't it? But anyway, I went on. And, you know, about four and a half um, minutes of that was about all the, all the stuff I'd done wrong. I've done this and I've done that and I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that and, I, and then I got saved. Well, I only had three weeks of testimony. But I knew I, knew I was saved and I was so excited. I mean, it was like my life changed. But as you grow up, you know, you go from being a child, it's all about me, 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 me. And it, oh, it's all about Jesus. And it's hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we, love, and we love Jesus. And that's absolutely wonderful. Never fall out of love with Jesus. But then you grow up. And then it's those who seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And from a place of knowing Jesus and loving Jesus, we then turn around and we be Jesus in our world and we're the ones extending out a heart of uh, a hand of love and we're the ones who are who are extending out our our abundance to meet the needs of others we're the ones laying hands on the sick and they shall recover if I can just have the air conditioning on I am going to pass out here very soon so if somebody can find the thing I don't think we've got any on in the room and I know that's on the live link perhaps your room at home is air conditioned ours isn't and I am sweating so can somebody please, no one's moving, can somebody please move and get that and put the front ones on cold because otherwise I will close this and we'll keep going later. <laughs> it's like, huh. Thank you. No, I've got a, it's actually a heat thing, so thank you very much. It's normally only my wife who tells me I'm hot. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so, today I want to speak about world changes. World changes. World changes. And this verse is a very powerful verse. I've spoken on it a number of times in my 32 years of pastoring churches. And it's a very powerful, powerful scripture. And the first thing that is important to show is that it's the people. The people. And we are the people of God. There is a people alive today, the like of which the world has never seen before. Now, we've been around for 2,000 years. But something is happening in our day. And I know you can go through church history and you can see times of great revival. You can see incredible times of, of church advancement. When things have been really dry and all of a sudden God pours out His Spirit. And something amazing takes place and the church arises. That's the day that we are living in today. The church is shaking off the apathy. The half-heartedness, the lukewarmness, the it's all about me thing. The people, there is a people alive today. And I want to ask you today and Really, you know, I know the answer to this, but how I really felt 
to say today is, will you be a part of that people? Will you be a part of the people who are world changers? See, it's great having all the promises, but we need to step forwards and be willing. And there's something very powerful, Psalm, I think it's 110. For in the day of your power, God, your people will be willing. They will be willing. Your people will be willing in the day of your power. You see, this is the people of God. The people of God are not a sit-down people. They're a stand-up people. They aren't a step-back people. They're a step-forwards people. For the people of God is what creation is waiting to see. It says in God's Word, the whole of creation is groaning and waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Can I say it like this? The people of God. Those who say, I'm not going to be average. I'm not just going to be grey. We watched a film last night, a bit brutal it was, but it's called The Grey Man. And that was about a guy who sort of had to be invisible. Secret agent, don't watch it, it's very violent. But no bad language, that was a relief. Otherwise it would have gone off. But, um, and it was called the grey man and so many believers are like grey men. Hide away into the background. But will you be somebody who stands up? And stands out from the crowd. And stands out because of their attitude. And stands out because they're not thinking like the world thinks. I don't know, I haven't been alive that long in the history of the world. 57 years, 58 this year. It seems amazing to me how just in the last few years, it's as if everything is just getting turned upside down. The fabric of society, and you know how they do it, and I, you know, please, this is not another statement in any way of politics, or it's, it's just society. It started with the change of, of words, change of language. It's where it started. So we start having words like, like, we need to tolerate. That was the start of the downfall. That word right there. That was the start of the downfall. The Bible does not talk about we need to tolerate. The Bible says we need to honour. And when you tolerate, the thing you do is on the inside, you say, I can't stand this, but I'm going to put up with it. That's what tolerate means. It means I'm going to put up with something. And when you start to encourage a nation to just live together and to tolerate each other, then the thing you do is you undermine the actual agreement that you have in a nation because everything becomes superficial. And after that, everything started to change. And so you start having to say words, yeah, but you've got to tolerate that. And then this word starts to change its meaning. That word starts to change its meaning. And very quickly, you, go, you have a completely broken society, which is a very sad thing. But are we going to be the people of God who live a different way and speak a different way? You know, I've got something you know, quite strong that all the language that has developed in the last 15, 20 years, I just won't speak it. Because it's twisted. It's the spirit of the world. But we're going to be the people of God who shine, who make a difference. We're going to be a passionate people, a faith-filled people, a victorious people, a people who worship God. We're going to be a praising people, a determined people, a compassionate people, a committed people, an unshakable people. A people who know our God. The people of God. Second thing is people that know their God. Very clearly, that's what this 
this scripture is about, the people who know their God. Not just know about God, but have a powerful intimacy with God, which means we live life a different way. They know their God. They know their God. You see, when I know my God, He gives me a confidence that He's gonna do what He says He'll do. When I know my God, He gives me a specific word for where I'm at, just when I need it. When I know my God, I become more and more Christ-like on a daily basis. When I know my God, when I know my God, I see more of God's will coming to pass in and around me. Not just know about God, but when I know my God last year, almost the whole year we, we spent on what it is to be a disciple. What it is to be a disciple. When you're a disciple, you have a personal devotion, you have a connection, you have, you have an accountability, you share your faith on the inside, you pour out in, in a way that's overflowing. When you know your God. You know, the children of Israel, they knew the acts of God, but there was the leader there, the man knew the ways of God. That's because he knew God. He knew God. I'd like to spend more time on that, but let's get on to the third point here today. It says they will know God and they will do great exploits. Great exploits. You see, the thing I love about the Christian life is it's not a believing life, it's a doing life. And we do as a result of what we believe. See, faith has action to it. You you know, even the Apostle Paul says, you know, you show me your faith by what you believe. I'll show you my faith by what I do. By what I do. Faith that's just a belief is not really faith at all because faith is an action. It's something that we do. It's something that we act upon. It's something that we speak. It's something that we walk. And I love this. And this is coming from Daniel and it's in the middle of great prophetic stuff about the end times and about about wars and about all sorts of stuff that's going on. And right in the middle is this verse that just says, and the people who know their God shall be strong, shall prove themselves strong, will stand firm and do great exploits for God. Great exploits for God, being a world changer. We are doers, we're not just believers. We make a difference in the world we live in. We leave our mark in history. We serve our generation. If I had more time and if we were adding on other Sundays, I would talk about this. The greatest need in our generation today is for godly, strong leadership. The world has lost sight of what it is to be a strong leader or a godly leader. And um, I believe the church needs to lead. People who won't shrink back, be silent or be intimidated. But lead from a place of compassion and vision. That things can be different. Things can change. The hardest heart can be softened. Those people that are most disturbed like the madman of Gadara and Jesus went across the lake and you know the devil tried to kill him with that storm but he he knew he was on a mission. I'm going to the other side for one reason and for one reason only, for that man. And they got to him and he and he he was in the tombs cutting himself. And as the Son of God turned up, he ran towards Jesus and worshipped him, the Bible says. And Jesus set the man free and he went and preached in the Decapolis. So many people came to Christ as a result of that. You've got something to say. And you've got a job to do. 
See, God has actually given you and I as a gift to the world. You know, we live in such a celebrity culture. We think in order to be a gift to the world, we've got to inject our lips. We need to fatten our backside. Hello. You're a gift just as you are. Because it's how God has created you to be. You don't become a gift when you've got it all together. You don't become a gift when you're perfect. You don't become a gift when you've defeated all your obstacles. You're a gift today, just as you are. With the personality that God's given you, with the age that you are, you are a gift of God in your generation. You are a gift of God in your world. Don't have to try and be like somebody else. Just be who God has called you to be. Oh, I've got so much here that I want to say. I'll put this in highlights. So he's put it up there and he's spent all the work doing it, so I'm going to read it. (laughs) Don't be some precious person that wants everybody else to change to your feelings and your emotions. But be someone who is part of his church, his body. This is the bit you've copied up there, so you spent the time. There it is. Anointed to share your faith, to preach the gospel, work miracles, signs and wonders, to reveal, to demonstrate a life full of divine blessing and favour and lead your generation out of darkness and into His amazing light. You are a gift of God to the world. We do whatever it takes. We do the word of God. We do faith. We do prayer. We do humility. We do more than necessary. (laughs) Don't you love being served by somebody that serves you well? With a smile and does over and above. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, but it's my pleasure. That's a description of a Christian. To do love, we do praise. I put this one in there too. We're people who do the impossible. So I want to ask a question today. So what is it that wants to stop that happening? So many things want to restrict and want to hold us back and hold us down. As we identify those, it's those areas where we need to be strong. It says, for the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. You know why you need to be strong? Because there are so many things that want to stop you doing the exploits. They want to hold you back from being the person God's called you to be. Being the gift of God in your world. So many things. They want to stop you and hold you back. And the answer is to be strong in those areas. To be strong. So let's think just a little bit about strength in Almighty God. Now I know we have strength from Almighty God. That's where our strength comes from. But we're strong in Him. And He's strong in us. Strength is what is absolutely vital to go through life well. Is why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. It's not humble to say, oh, I'm weak. That's not humility. That's ignorance of the Word of God. Because the Bible says, if you are weak, don't say it. Say, I'm strong. And as you say, I'm strong, then you develop strength on the inside of you. The answer to doing life well is to be strong. Is to be strong. Is to be strong in all the areas that you're currently challenged with. 
Oh, but Pastor Jay, how am I going to get through this? You'll get through it by being strong. But Pastor Jay, how's that going to happen? It'll happen by you being strong. And that's not a personality thing. It's strength in God. You see, if you're going to fulfill your purpose, you will need to be strong. Because if we're not strong, then we don't fulfill our purpose. Because we need strength in order to do life well. No wonder when the people of Israel were going into the promised land, nine times God said to Joshua, be strong. Be strong and have courage. Nine times, either directly or by somebody else praying for him and prophesying to him. Be strong and courageous because you've got to lead. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong. Because for us to take land is going to need strength. Our strength comes from within, doesn't come from without. Ah, oh, but it comes from God. Yeah, but God's on the inside. See, so many people are trying to get something from outside because they've got a God on the outside mentality. But when something happens and you realise I've got a God on the inside mentality, you know what? I don't have to get any joy from out there because I've already got God on the inside and God is the God of joy. I don't need to go and get peace from somewhere. I've already got peace on the inside because the Prince of Peace lives on the inside of me. I don't need to go and get faith from somewhere else because I've got the spirit of faith on the inside because I've got Christ in me, my hope of glory. Christ in me, the author and the finisher of my faith. Christ in me, my Prince of Peace. Christ in me, who is my healer and my deliverer. You see, when you get a God in me mentality, you seek trying to go somewhere to get something and you stir it up on the inside because you find out you've already got it on the inside. I don't need to go somewhere to get strength. I've already got the strong God living on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's where strength comes from, on the inside. Now only if you've given your life to Christ and God lives in there. That's when strength lives on the inside. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. Hallelujah, thank you God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. However, Ephesians 6.10, you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 2 Timothy 2, 1-3, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You have got the strength of God living on the inside of your spirit for every circumstance, every situation, every mountain, every valley, every adversity, every challenge. Every obstacle, every attack of the enemy, there is strength on the inside of your spirit today. The Amplified Version, as we read, said they will prove their strength. They'll prove it. You can't prove strength in a green pasture. but you can prove strength in the valley of the shadow of death. You can prove yourself strong there and come out the other side. See, the Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I love that verse, and we love that verse. And you know what the Apostle Paul is saying? Even when I haven't got anything, and even when I have got everything, nothing changes who I am. I can do it all. I can do it all. I can do it all, whether things are good or bad or ugly. Nothing changes who I am. Why? Because I'm strong on the inside. Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. See, we get strength from the presence of God. Spending time with Jesus, time in prayer, time in worship. Strength is ignited 
on the inside as I worship God, strength arises. This is why it's so important to align your life with the Word of God because as we do the Word, strength, I could say it like this, strength is strengthened. Strength is strengthened on the inside. When I'm weak, worship God. When I'm weak, I go to God and I spend time in His presence and strength is working on the inside. When I don't know how to pray, I pray in the Holy Ghost and I'm strengthening myself in my most holy faith on the inside. When I don't know how to be or where I want to go act ugly in the flesh, no, come on, spend time with God and be strengthened on the inside and godly character will come out. You see, strength is what happens when you stand at the throne room of grace. Hallelujah. Strength is what happens. As we close, I've got just a number of things I want to read through. They will come up on the screen and I encourage you to make notes. Each one is a sermon in itself. As I spend time with God, I can become strong in my purpose. Strong in my purpose. See, don't let the enemy distract you from the direction and from your destination. Ask yourself the question with every, every, what's the word? The split in the road, the fork in the road. Every decision you've got to make, ask yourself this question. Does this habit or this person, does this person, this habit take me closer or further away from my purpose? Simple question. If this person does not take me closer to my purpose, sorry, ain't happening. If this habit does not take me closer to my purpose, then that habit's got to go. Not from law, but because of purpose. Second one, strong in my soul. As I spend time with God, Develop strength in my soul. You know, the Bible says, in your patience, you possess your soul. Lay hold of your thought life. Our mind is not a football field for the devil to be kicking a ball around. <laughs> this thought, that thought, ugly thoughts. Oh, woe is me thoughts, pity thoughts. Those are all there in the flesh. But aren't you glad we have the mind of Christ? We can think on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving, things of a good report. And when the thoughts of a bad report come in, come on, be strong in your soul. Take captive every thought and make them obedient to Christ by the Word of God out of your mouth. The people who know their God shall be strong in their thought life shall be strong in the way they think. When I don't want to do something, I spend time with God, I develop strength on the inside and I make myself do it. I make myself do it. Every mum in this place knows what that's like. You don't want to get up for the fourth time in the night. It's really you know, the first two or three times, this is wonderful. It's my baby. After six months, is there's the bottle you feed him. <laughs> Make yourself do it. You stir something up. You see, you can't be timid with this stuff. If you're going to win... It'll be because you put in the training. When your mind says, oh, we got people doing the marathon at the moment. God bless you. God bless you. I'm sure there are times you don't want to run that other mile. And you just want to stop. The Apostle Paul says, when I'm facing it, I'm not just going to beat the air. I'm going to buffet my body. Because I'm going to win to get the prize. You see, that's another thing in the generation. To completely ungodly. Just run the race. The race. Run the race. Run the race. Just to take part in the race. That's not what the Bible says. You run it to win it. You run it to win it. And all you ladies, aren't you glad for that new decision that's come out? 
that says trans people cannot run or cannot take part in women's sports. Come on, that is a victory, guys. That is a victory. But you run to win. Strong in our faith. Strong in our faith. Strong in our faith. You know, be somebody who is determined to hear the voice of God. I will hear God about this situation. When all hell is breaking loose, this is not about defence and protection. It's about I'm going to be doing great exploits. And the attacks come to stop you doing the exploits. Stuff happens to stop you outpouring into the world around you. So don't get into a defensive mentality. Get into that sort of, come on, I'm going to go through this out the other side and what a great testimony this is going to be. And I'm determined to hear the voice of God. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll fast and pray. I'll spend time listening to preachers. You see, you're not determined enough if you're not listening to the Word of God. It would just be a nice option to get out alive. Oh God, will you come and do a miracle? No, come on, you've got to stir something up on the inside and say, I'm determined to come out the other side. I will do whatever it takes to hear the voice of God. I've preached in over 50 nations in the world and some places you go to, it's taken them a day to walk where you're preaching. I will hear the Word of God. I'm committed to hearing the voice of God. I'm committed to faith stirring in my life. People who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Where else? Strong to stay true to my convictions. Strong to stay true to my convictions, whether things are going well or badly, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing. When it's so easy to just cut that corner, that's not a time thing, it's a, it's a compromise. Now, come on, do the right thing. Do the right thing. I heard somebody say this the other day and it, it just went through me. The fact that I'm suffering does not give me the right to act ugly. No, I didn't say that. I'm just quoting somebody else. The fact that I'm suffering doesn't give me the right to act ugly. What else? Strong in my relationships. The people who know their God shall be strong in their relationships. Strong in their relationships. Be close to the right people. Be close to the right people. And let's be on fire Christians with passion and compassion who are there for others. We're there for other people. I was thinking about men getting together to pray the other day and I thought this is just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Guys getting together, standing shoulder to shoulder. Small groups in the church, people standing together shoulder to shoulder, strong in your relationships. Choose your friends really carefully. And then when you've chosen, you be there for them. Be strong in your relationships. Don't do your life alone. Don't be isolated and independent. Be interdependent. Be in the family. Be in the body. Bear their burdens. Pray in expectation for their breakthrough. And finally, as we close, be strong to build your life and to finish well. I love Nehemiah and they were strong to build. And Haggai, be strong and build. As I was just thinking about this, it's that same old, 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 old adage. Work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. Don't do anything half-heartedly. Don't leave jobs half done. Develop a mindset. However, non, I don't know, just develop the mindset that life is not a holiday. Life has holidays. Life is not a holiday. 
It's something to master. It's something to grip and get hold of and to achieve. I think it's absolutely awesome seeing the young people we have in this church growing up with some purpose and with some passion. Something's being seen in the parents. Hello? Something's being seen and and got hold of in the life of the church. I would not want to be raising kids outside of the body of Christ today. The world will kill them. They'll get them thinking crazy stuff and developing from a very young age. You're a victim. You're a victim in life. You're a victim. How dare other people succeed? You're the victim. But when you build your kids in the house of God, they will not depart from that path of the Word of God and the truth. I hope you got something out of today. The people who know their God shall be strong. Should we all stand to our feet? People who know their God shall be strong. You know, today we've spent a lot of time talking about being strong, but I want to emphasize again, this is not just a mindset. This is not just a wealth. Oh, that person's a really strong person. No, we serve a really strong God. He is our strength. And at the very heart of being strong is the fact that it's no longer I who live, the Bible says, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I want to encourage you today, if you are a believer today, that you are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for Him to show Himself strong in you and through you. But today, there are, perhaps there are people in this room and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And I, want to, I just want to make it as clear as clear can be. Christianity is not about a church service. It's not about a religion where we believe something. It's a relationship with Almighty God who loves us and so loved us that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to the Lord Jesus Christ, receives Him as Lord and Saviour. That's not just a mindset. That's not just a like, yeah, we're in a Christian country and I just have some good morals and, you know, I like some of the things Jesus said and, you know, forgiveness is a good thing and doing unto others as they do to you is a good thing. And, you know, we love some of the teaching stuff, but it's not just about some teaching. It's about the person of Jesus Christ who died on the cross to give you eternal life. I was 19 years old when I received Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. I don't know if I believed in God or not, but I certainly had no time for the church. I just thought it was hypocritical. It was the source of all the problems in the world was religion. Hated the lot of it. Then I found out that Jesus loved me. I found out that night that I was either going to spend eternity away from God, and as we've been hearing so clearly and powerfully, in a place called hell, away from God for eternity, or I'm going to be spending eternity with God in heaven with Jesus Christ. And that's not determined by how I live my life. If I'm good or not good, if, I, if I'm really good with people really and I just do my best in life and you know what, I haven't been bad and what, no. That's not the deciding factor. The deciding factor is what have you done with Jesus Christ who died on the cross and gave his life for you and for me to give us eternal life. Perhaps there are people here in this room today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. This is the most important thing in this room today. Is friend, will you give your life to Christ? Jesus loves you. He died for you. You know, we sang earlier, you've rescued me. Can you say that? God has rescued you out of your life, out of your selfishness, out of your independence of God. 
I'm going to ask right now for every eye to be closed, every head to be bowed in this place as we ask this question. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord, God wants to say, will you come to me? Will you receive Jesus, my son, as your Lord and Savior? And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Jay, will you pray with me? This is a first time decision for me. I've never received Jesus before. But something is going on in my life today and I know I need to receive Jesus. Perhaps it's a first time decision. Perhaps you're here today and you say, well, you know what? I had, perhaps I was a child, perhaps I was an adult, but I don't really live like I'm, I'm in a relationship with Him. And, and it's time for you to come back to God, for Jesus to be your Lord and your Saviour afresh. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you in this room today, I'm going to ask you to do one thing really simply, really easily. I'm looking. Some other people are having a look around because we'd love to give you a Bible afterwards and have a conversation with you if you're up for that. But today I want to ask you, do you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here today? And you're saying, Pastor Jay, will you pray with me? I need to come back to God. I need to receive Jesus as Lord for the first time. Your eternity is in the balance today. Will you receive Him as your Lord and Saviour? One last time as I look across this auditorium. Let's all pray this prayer. Let's say, Heavenly Father, thank You that You love me. You've demonstrated Your love by sending Your Son, Jesus to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you today as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. And by the help of your grace and your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Amen. Can we give God some praise in the house today?